Department of the Dead contains graphic and explicit content that may not be appropriate for some listeners. Opinions and views do not reflect that of the Department of Defense. Listener discretion is advised. I'll do it live! Yeah. Alright, are we good? Welcome back. Yeah, we're good. Hold on. Just Welcome back it. to just Department dive, of the in. Dead. What? Just, I am diving in. But we had to intro our guest, Brood. You're right. I'm sorry. Okay. So our guest today is Veteran with a Sign. So go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Veteran with a Sign. I'm a male in his 30s, mid-30s, who makes a living on the internet. So stay in school, kids. Or in the military until you're able to retire. No, thank you. Yeah, yeah who would do that? Yeah. And this, I don't know. <laughs> and it's a thought. I'm also in my 30s. I'm Amanda and I am almost 30, but I feel a lot older, at least 60, based on what I have right now, my heated blanket and my little tray. Yeah, you're taking your... Got my little notepad, everything. Military mm-hmm. ages you in dog years. Sounds like fun. Let's, all right, let's go back to this topic. Yeah. <laughs> Before the okay. real one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Because yeah, I, okay. I was talking about this today. Hey, I'm a straight About, man. I'm a straight man, right? You can't tell yeah, me. Yeah. <laughs> you can't tell me like gay dudes. Probably it's probably chill as fuck to just go out the, with a girl. Like you have to look nice, order like the right food with a guy. If you're like two gay dudes, go get wings and beer, and then they fuck or whatever. But I don't know. I think that depends on the kind of gay guy, though, because that's more of the bear culture, what? where I can't imagine two effeminate guys being like. Let's go get beers and wings. My ideal gay man would be someone who wants to watch football, I guess. If you're out there, don't call me. Well, I just wants to date Mark Wahlberg. It's not a bad get. All I know is a good friend of mine that told me it's a color-coded system on like your proclivities that night. So you just go up there and you hit a thing. I haven't investigated it. So I'm this not, is on Grinder, right? On Grinder, yeah. This okay, is, yeah. I don't live in Atlanta, so I haven't investigated it. But that's a joke about men in Atlanta. And... <laughs> Go up there and you like do whatever, you, whatever color, whatever meaning, whatever sexual desire you have. And then someone based on the giving or receiving part of that color coded language will then correspond with you. So it's a very efficient way to communicate, in my opinion. Sure. Huh. Oh, so I learned something today. Speaking of color coding and dating preferences and other amongst other things, blind dancing is making some kind of comeback outside of the southern states or it's getting more popular. Yeah, and it's so- pretty bad. Yeah, so there's this whole bandana culture that's happening. People will wear these bandanas to go line dancing, and the different bandana colors signify a certain thing. I think if you're gay, but I don't know if it applies to everybody, but yeah, like different colors meaning different things, and then different sides meaning different things. So I think, yeah, this is more of a gay man thing. One side means that you are a giver, and then one, the other side means that you're a receiver. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure I'm sure it's probably being co-opted too by like swingers and stuff. There's so many weird things about like what you know, pineapples on porches, different lights on base housing and stuff like that, which is real prevalent when I was in the military back in the olden days. But now all the groceries get delivered. There's a bit I wanna do where it's like a bunch of swingers show up to somebody's house because like groceries got delivered and they didn't know like a pineapple fell out or something. And I don't know. It would. I think that would be a funny bit. I think if you're just like, "Hey, we're here for the gangbang," like in old school. But 
you just showed up there by accident. Like, no, we just de- had groceries delivered. And like, oh, okay. Do you know if anybody wants a gangbang? That's the idea. <laughs> it's hysterical. So, that's that's uh, that's why I came up with it. So I guess just give us a little bit about yourself. I could we call you Vet for no? This episode? Please don't call no? me by my okay. made-up internet name. My <laughs> name is. You're about my, to say your maiden name. My maiden name. No, my <laughs> name is my name is Zachary Bell. I was a Marine. I am a Marine? No, I was a Marine. I don't, whatever. Always not, a Marine. Like some old dude from the nineties. Yeah, that was just a marketing campaign. That's not real. So I served in, I wanted to serve my country after 9-11. I was in like eighth grade when that happened. And it left an indelible mark upon me as entire generations of people. And I decided to go to the Marines because obviously the uniforms were the best. Fair. Yeah, that we'll give you that. Yeah, There's some like other factors too, but it's really kind of opinion based. But like, I don't know. I just wanted to do it. And I wanted to be the tip of the spear as it were so i decided to do an infantry contract and i was able to deploy twice to afghanistan from 2007 to 2011 in the surge of the war in afghanistan and i was able to get everything i wanted and then more so i would also get married have two children as well so after my last deployment to mars or afghanistan i decided i didn't want to do that anymore because that was what i would be doing for the next 20 years and historically Mm -hmm. military Service is really hard on families. I got out, moved to Middle Tennessee, where I live now, just south of Nashville, and got a job and started going to school. I got a bachelor's and I got a master's, and I spent the next decade in for-profit and non-profit healthcare. Nice. Until it's all right. It's healthcare is kind of the thing That's to control. Dope. Eh, it's okay. I mean, I've had real jobs. This is the nicest way I can say it. But mm-hmm. you know, like you know, I did that and like after. I've done a lot of stuff where I've done like writing and big stuff I want to do is I've written for like Huffington Post. I put some stuff in like a USA Today outlet called the Tennessean. And I was in the New York Times about four or five times. And yes, I've always had these like weird creative outlets because I have found that the like writing will chain you to the emotional honesty of a moment. And it's very cathartic. And so in the pandemic, I decided I wanted to try and tap into that vein again. And I was really kind of taken back by internet culture. And internet culture at large is horrible, but the worst might be veterans because they're all fighting over stolen valor and, you know, parking spots at Lowe's. So, I mean, you, I mean, you see it like it's basically like every week, like even like twice a week, there's like one big thing that happens. Yeah. And then everybody just like wraps their brain around it. At least kind of, it's kind of a big thing, but it's not if you like make over $20,000 yeah. a year. So like, I feel yeah. like we're the worst, like we're the worst group of people that like have so much infrastructure and stuff to support us. Like you never hear about the kids with cancer at St. Jude being like, you know, Jude for instance sucks. She doesn't even care about us. But like, sure enough, veterans will talk trash on like whatever group supports us and then wonder why people don't connect to us. So it's like this kind of like never ending circle. So this idea I had was that maybe I could make like a better or like try and elevate our community by creating like online accountability that would force me to be better. And then maybe it would force other people to be better. I don't know. It's very self-serving. I hope it's more altruistic than it is for my ego, but it's what I'm doing. And so I just started like writing on cardboard. Like that's all there is to it. There's not really much more thought than that is in the first post I put up was in March of 2020. 
and it was drink water, take Motrin, change your socks. Oh but, yeah. yeah. That was my remedy to COVID. And uh, that, it didn't do very well. And I did that for like a month, March, April, two months. I was just kind of like working the algorithm, understanding the ebbs and flows of content. And I thought veterans were bad, but then I really learned the depth of like dudes that would discuss my body on the internet, which is super chill. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's fine. It's a- no, that's a point though. Like I, anytime like I'm really... Alive, it's tastefully, yeah. yeah, Yeah. Well, alive, but like like if I post something that's like showing my body, it's at least like tastefully done. I've definitely tailored it a lot more since you know being part of this community, just because there are some the veterans are the worst. You know, you're preaching like be a good person, be a good dude, and then you like turn around and you're like absolutely tearing into somebody. It's like, yeah, it's super chill, it's hard to believe we're killing ourselves. Yeah. And so it's okay. It's okay. So like there was just a lot of men in particular talking about my tattoos, which I found very interesting, but like, it'd be like, his outfit's dumb and blah, blah, blah. And they're right. My outfit is dumb. It was, you know, I got out of the military and had a bunch of green shirts and I don't, you know, I'm not, you know, in 2011, there wasn't athleisure. Like there wasn't like prolific athletic brands that were made into comfort items like Lululemon. So there wasn't really good gym yeah. equipment clothes. So I just wore my undershirts, my skivvy shirts and some black shorts. And like, that's it. Like that's just my gym clothes. And so like, that's the outfit. It's just me like, you know, like that. And so I was, I was going to close it down. And then May 1st, I turned off my phone and I posted one thing about Captain Crozier, that Navy commander. Yep. Or the Navy captain. Who got rel- yeah, he got, yeah, he got relieved of command because he's like, he's like, we have so much COVID on here. And the Navy was like, are you sure? And he's like, yeah, we got a lot of COVID. Like, ah, we didn't God, hear you. That was like almost three years ago. Yeah, at this point. Yeah. This is just, oh my God. Yeah. I just. But I did it and like I turned off my phone and then I turned it back on. And when I like reloaded it, like if you like scroll to like hit notifications, it said 100. Because that's where it maxed out. I had 100 comments, 100 likes, 100 follows. I kept doing that. I kept doing that. It kept. It just kept reloading. And I was like, this might be bad. And then it went from like a few hundred, not even a few hundred. Like it went from like 100 followers to like 1,000. And then like 1,000 to five. And five. It just kind of continues to burn. Man, that must be nice. I mean, we could talk. About, I can tell you all the stuff I know. Hopefully it'll help. But like, um, I mean, nothing like a man explaining something to really get people going. But... No. So like now I just feel like accountable and I try to want to like make fun of us in the best way to try and like make people laugh more, hurt themselves less. Like that's it. And that's my time. I yield the floor to Jesus here. (laughs) Do I call you by your real name or? Yeah. You call me Amanda. Amanda. Usually. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Is that enough time? I feel uncomfortable. No, I trust me. Like I get, when I'm nervous, I ramble. It's all right. And I'm pretty sure that's the reason why my therapist like looked forward to my session so much. I swear to God, she was very invested in it was there was a there's something that my now fiance and his mom were t- <laughs> thank you. But he and his mom were talking about something back in August. Like I think she asked him, Oh, when are you gonna pop the question? Are you gonna do it when you're in Hawaii? And he's like, No, 
I don't want to make it that obvious. I'm going to do it before then. And I'm just thinking. So I told my therapist and then my my therapist, like literally every couple sessions, she would just like look at my hand or she'd ask me like, so any news yet? Yeah. Yeah. So our last session that I had, I finally was like, look. And she was like, yeah. That's what's up. Yeah. Love is real. Let's go. Yeah, no, I don't know. I feel, you know, I didn't make a thing about Zach. I made a thing about a person. Like I made an idea. I basically, I don't want to say I invented Liver King, but I was like the veteran Liver King. Like I made a character. You understand what I'm saying? Because like, it's an idea. It's not me. Like, God, I hope it's not me. Like it's, I don't want to say it's something to attain to, but like it's something to make fun of. It's something to like artificially be. But I just, you know, do you know what three card Monty is? Do you know what that is? that don't think i i mean i'm sure if you talked it allow me to mansplain again and so what it is like you know you see people on the side of the street like find the ace and they're like moving stuff around and you gotta like find the ace yeah that's what i'm doing on the find the dog treat okay yeah yeah find the dog treat (laughs) and the dog treat is don't kill yourself you know call your oh and so i move that around with memes and like content or just me holding up cardboard to try and like circle back to that message every so often because that's the core message but if i say that every day nobody cares and it won't be engaging and you won't have anybody paying attention but if you like kind of move that stuff around intermittently like that's my prestige like you like looking over there but i'm like hey what's up you know dial 988 if you're yeah. not feeling good stuff like that yeah so yeah no, it's also a way to like kind of separate yourself from what's going on you know in the online space which is why it kind of made it difficult, not difficult, but it was, it was kind of in that middle ground because I, what I do present online and what I choose to present online, like it is coming from my real life Yeah. and thought, thought he's been starting to do that a little bit more, but you know, we play into these characters almost in a sense. I mean, that's why I thought gets fucking frog memes sent to him all the time, you know? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> just like how, yeah. Just how, like, Zach was saying, I, like, my profile picture is Jesus, like, and I just threw some fucking jets behind him. But, like, I have never <laughs> oh, been, sorry. I have met, ne- I feel very separated from my page. I have never, like, been like, that is me. Like, and people at work that know I run the page who found out eventually. I've never, like, when people are like, oh, like, that's so cool you're on the page. I'm like, like, I don't feel like I do. You know what I mean? Like. I don't fucking, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't fucking care. Like that person who makes memes and that's what I, that's all I do. Like, yeah. that's not who I am talking right now. So like, I just feel very discon- well, but, disconnected from it. Well, but that's not the way the majority of the internet feels. Like everyone feels like what they see is reality, but I don't know about y'all, but like what you see is what I decide you see. You understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Yeah. It's being able to also compartmentalize it. Yeah. Which I think that a lot of other people, especially if they have maybe something that they haven't really like worked through or figured out about themselves as to what they need to feel mm-hmm. fulfilled mm-hmm. in a healthy way, then they're mm-hmm. gonna do it in the negative way. And then if they get that instantaneous fame and then you have that, you know, you have all the likes and yeah. you get the engagement and so it's addicting and so they're you know, they're filling that void and it not all the time is it in the best way. And I could think of a lot of people that I know on the internet that I'm like, let's name You're them. A I'll name them right now. I'll go line by line. I don't, oh. I want all the smoke. I don't care. That's, oh, that's juicy. Man, I wish we had a Patreon right now. Then we could have put this on Patreon. 
I did. I did. I have like. Yeah, I'm. I've decided I'm going to be on demon time moving forward. Like I just don't. I just don't feel Going goblin mode. Yeah, yeah, that was okay, but demon time sounds better. <laughs> I mean, like I, I agree. I just I don't like how there's a bunch of charlatans and like self help people that like say the wildest stuff and like nobody's there. Like I don't know, man. He didn't really say anything. Like it's like you know, yeah. if you want to help yourself, you got to first help you inside then you help outside and you know got to take care of your community <laughs> from internally externally or else you're going to get infiltrated by it. they just like say like random yeah, stuff it's, just like, oh, it's yeah. word salad yeah word salad yeah and yeah. they're like oh yeah I like your yeah. patreon oh yeah it's so good like it's amazing and those people get to vote which is a bummer so yeah oh, especially when they're you good did regnar just hit you yeah sorry no if you Fiance just came yeah. home. He told me he's like, "I heard you say boyfriend when you got when you were recording last week." It's fiance. <laughs> yeah, he earned it. <laughs> oh yeah, he did. He knocked it out of the park. So if you haven't if you haven't heard how Tree proposed, listen back in the last episode and you'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah. Now, hold on, what were we talking about again? I was talking about how I don't like that there's... So, at large, there are a lot of people... That's right, shit-talking. Well, I, I mean, it's not. I just don't... There's a lot of people that are trying to, like, self-help and, like, motivate people. But in general, what they're doing is targeting at-risk people of the lowest common denominator and taking advantage of people who need the most help. Yeah. While they're ringing them out, you know, underneath the guise of, like, patriotism and helping them as a community person. But the reality is they're just milking them for everything they're worth. And, every and I hate that. Oh. There's just a lot of stuff that I've noticed lately where I'm just kind of, like, uncomfortable with the way people are moving. But They've, that's, like, my own. The people you're talking about, too, mainly, like, target, like, the – either, like, the soft or the wannabe soft, like, wannabes. And I'm with you, dude. Like, I can't fucking stand it. I can't stand one, like, I know plenty of friends in the community, and I know, (laughs) and I know plenty of people who want to be in that community, and there's no difference between the two, there isn't, the biggest difference is, one of of them tried to do it, and then the money and time that's invested into the person who did get selected, like, the culture, like, stigma that is built around people in soft is just so unrealistic because of the people you're talking about that are writing the books that are supporting these movies that are running these fucking flat ranges that are just saying complete nonsense and everyone's just on their knees double gawk gawk like and i can't i fucking hate it i really do i can't stand it yeah i can't go to um, i can't go to fucking i can't go to barnes pew, pew. i can't go to barnes and noble and see a fucking Navy SEAL trident on how to like raise a child. Like what who the fuck are you? Like I mean Step I'm one. sorry. But divorce the mother. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, I just don't like people that take advantage of others. Like I have like problem with nonprofit. I have problem I'm contemplating. I have problem with like nonprofit organizations that exist because they gatekeep information. Like there's one, I don't want to name them. But, like, their whole thing is to help veterans get their benefits. And, like, I just feel like instead of existing, taking money to do that, they should just do it. Like, it's most of it's just free information, but it's all been, like, withheld 
so people can not have to like go through another thing to do it. It's like insular. So what we need to do is like a Chegg kind of situation or a study or what's it called? Horse Hero. You know, they get the answers to the test and then they just post it online. Yeah, I mean, so like, I'm, yeah, and that's like what a lot of what I do is I just actually, I actually right connect on. people to like, you know, hey, talk to this person at the VA, their <laughs> regional manager, they'll tell you what to do, how they tell you and stuff like that. But like, I don't know. I don't like that, like our community at large has like a lot of people that are taking advantage of it while we're also dying of cancer clusters, suicide rate has no end in sight. And every day until the day we die, all of us have a greater risk of just taking our own lives. So I have something for the suicide prevention and an interesting fact, which I have talked about before, but it was like way a couple of months ago, but it was about the studies that they did or the study that they did with cannabis mm-hmm. and sexual assault. Yeah. Like when you're drunk versus, oh my God. Can you get comfortable, Kat? Sorry. He is aggressively affectionate, mm-hmm. but sure. oh, fuck. You made me lose my train of thought. Cannabis sexual assault. Can- yes, cannabis, cannabis sexual assault. So that when, okay. and when you're comparing the two and what, what they found was like there was definitely lower rate or definitely lower with just cannabis itself and then higher with alcohol and, sub- you know, subsequently other drugs. But, you know, alcohol alone even still it. When you're high, you're technically, well, not technically, it depends, but there can be that sense of paranoia if you don't know the person very well. And so there's a lot of like second guessing your actions, whether that be you as like a potential victim or you as a potential subject. Yeah. You know, like kind of second guessing that. Whereas alcohol, it's like, fuck it, you know, and what's readily available. It's there. It's so prevalent. And so. That being said, Canada, they legal, they federally legalized weed. And I've read through their, their military's uh, policy on cannabis consumption. And I think pilots, like theirs is a little weird, just flights schedules and whatnot. Yeah, it's like eight hours but, before. You know, everybody else, like it, it, yeah. And their window of intoxication is two hours. So, you know, you have. Well, pilots are just giving them a bunch of meth anyways. So like. I mean, Hell yeah, brother. same. <laughs> kidding, kidding. It's Adderall. Like I said, methamphetamine. But... That's what Adderall is. It is methamphetamine. <laughs> diet meth. Diet meth. But that, so with their suicide rates from when they legalized it and when the military could actually consume it, their suicide rates had actually gone down. Yeah. No, I, I know someone, a good friend of mine, who has a prescription for Canadian VA, whatever they call it, sends, her name's Kelsey Sheeran, Brass Immunity, they send her marijuana. So, like, it's pretty chill. You know, I mean, I was a veteran in the heyday of them sending, you know, hydrocodone in the mail every 30 days. It was crazy awesome until it wasn't. So, like, every 30 days, a, oh, yeah. a grip of pills would show up and... You know, you'd walk to the mailbox and that was it. They, I mean, they, I had like eight prescriptions at one point, like Xanax, Valium, Ambien, Hydrocodone. It was the Prozac. It was the works. This, you know, it was pretty, Jesus. it was wild. And it must have been like scrambled eggs. I am so sorry. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it was, yeah. I remember like being in college being like, what am I doing? Like taking like, mo- I would have like a bag, like. I would just take with me of like 
every two hours, every four, every six, like whatever. And I was just like, I was like little Wayne. Like I was like on the moon. Like I was like out there in you know, deep, dark space. It was pretty wild. But yeah, I don't do any yeah, of that stuff the, anymore. Jeez. Yeah, but that's just the thing where, you know, the DOD as a whole has a drinking culture. Yeah. And it's also got, it has the, you couple that with prescription drugs that are easily, you know, easily accessible. Mm-hmm. And you have the VA system where the VA will continue to give you those drugs if you meet that criteria yeah. during that. But the fucking weirdest thing, and meanwhile, while they're getting everybody addicted to pills and, you know, drinking their lives away post career they won't pay for medicinal marijuana the va won't i mean i don't know if you want to talk about this but like i've been in healthcare and like health i should not want to say anything else okay well we'll save that for another time so we to get the episode going so if you're still we here we're a, gonna talk about zombies yeah yeah if you're yes yeah, so if you're still here we are gonna be talking about some spooky shit but first before we start do you have any spooky paranormal yeah. stories yeah. That you could think of to share? I got two of them. Okay. Well, we are all ears. All right. Let me crack open this thing real quick. So, y'all heard the story of the giant of Kandahar? Yes. Heard that story? Yes. Yes. We actually had an episode about that. Uh, was that six? Episode six, one of my favorite. So, <laughs> the giant of Kandahar. Yeah, then you'd know about the giant dick. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So, you know, you know about that hammer. So here's the thing. I was on my second tour to Afghanistan. I was in a town called Marja. At the time, it was like uh, the last foothold of the Taliban. It was really where they were doing a lot of stuff there, mainly uh, smoking, selling weed and opium. It was crazy. And it was unprecedentedly dangerous, blah, blah, blah. There's all sorts of stuff about it. There's documentaries. People can look all that up. But we were working with interpreters, and we were the first Marine unit, and I think one of the first units to work with the ANA in particular. And uh, that comes with like its own thing, but we had a bunch more interpreters with us than we had the previous deployment, and the guy's name was John. And John, every time we would go out, they're all named John, we'd go out. He was from the north, from the Uzbek tribe, I think is where he was. He was from ethnically. And as you both may or may not know, Afghanistan's very tribal, not even just geographically, but ethnically. Oh, yeah. oh we'll get into the tribal. Yeah, they're ethnically tribal, like to a point to where they're like, yeah. oh, those are Uzbeks. We don't mess with them. Can I swear? Yeah. I'm pretty sure I already have. Like, <laughs> Can we you swear? We don't fuck with them. We're Pashto. We're Pashto. We don't fuck with them, right? Whatever it is. And I remember we were like walking around one time and John was just like laughing. And I was like, what are you talking? What are you laughing at, man? And he's like, he's like, yeah, they always, they're always weird. He's like, they say there's vampires that come out at night. He's like, there's not vampires. There's giants though. Those guys come out all the time. And I was like, bro, what are you talking about? And up until that point, people had, you know, we'd heard the locals say there's like vampires and stuff that come out at night. And of course, like we all thought that was us, like, you know, with our NVGs and like stuff, but uh, uh, I didn't. But me and my friend, we set him down once. We're like, what do you, you always talk about these giants? And he's like, oh yeah, there's giants up in the mountains. He's like, you see him all the time. And I was like, well, tell me more. And he told this story, which is the story that everyone knows about the giant of Kandahar. Of, you know, an army ranger unit goes up there and they see a big, tall, red-haired guy. And, you know, and he comes out and, like, stabs one of them and they shoot him and then they pick him up and they go off, right? And so, like, he told us. the drapes. Yeah. And he told us, like, a version of, like, he had known that there was giants at the top of this mountain and stuff. And no, everybody knew not to go there, but we did. 
And, uh, and I just remember the way he talked about it. He's like, yeah, there's always these giants. He's like, you just leave them alone. They're fine. And, you know, they always said that like when they were looking for bin Laden, they could never find him because the, uh, the tunnel system in Afghanistan in the mountains was so far and vast and wide that nobody could even like trace it or even like penetrate it with radar or whatever. Right. And it was just, I don't know. I heard, but then when I heard like a better story of it, like Mr. Ballin on his podcast retell it, I think it was a year or two ago when he put it up. I was like, oh my God, that's the yeah. same story that John told me. I mean, there's much more research. John was like, yeah, these, these, these soldiers is what he said. He's like, these soldiers went up there and they saw this guy and one of them died. So was it, uh, it was Dan. Old Dan. Yeah, Dan was on that. Who's Dan? Dan was on that got speared. Speared. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And he, yeah. I mean, this is like him telling a version of like yeah. what he heard because like it was like something that, you know, as you know, like when you go to a place, like locals always have more information than everyone else. They're like, yeah, you just stay away from that. And I don't know, man. Like, I was like, I don't know about that. That's kind of crazy. But it's been wild to hear and learn how prolific all that stuff is, in particular. All the Nephilim, yeah. right? The story of the Nephilim, right? And a good yep. friend of mine was telling me about it. And so like it all very recently like clicked in my head. Like, And I don't know, man. I don't know much. But if there's giants, they definitely live in Afghanistan. Like without a doubt. Without a doubt. Most of that country is the yeah. exact same it was since the day it was created. And like we don't even – we can't even like really maneuver across most of it. So That is kind of crazy though if you really think about it. You know how built up the United States is how built up Korea is, how, you know, Europe flourished, they thrive. You see different time yeah. periods in Afghanistan and Middle East. It's like, I mean, not much has hell, changed. No. Not at all. I mean, but it's that, that innate, like that back to the basics, back to the roots thought. So thought and I, we were part of like our first unit together. So that's how we actually found out. Well, I've, Figured. It. I don't know. How did we find out that we knew each other? Yeah, I think because you knew who you knew me, and then you told me who you were, and then I was like, oh. Yeah. But do you remember, like in the Udari range, like when people would have to go qualify in Kuwait to go back up to, you know, Iraq or Jordan or wherever the fuck they went. Yeah. But these Bedouins, they just. Mm-hmm. It, I understand, like Kuwait different than Afghanistan, but still Middle East. Regardless. Dude, I'm not that guy. I'm not they, the guy who's gonna be like, "How dare you?" No. I. <laughs> Well, they always knew where we were going to be. You know, we, they'd go set up a range. It'd be just open desert, mm-hmm. you know, go qualify on your M4, whatever. And then there'd be the Bedouins just waltzing up because they know that, like, if you kill one of their camels, you have to pay for their, de- their descendants. Yeah. yeah. I think, uh, and they just, they were always there. I think I was in Kuwait, like, my second time doing, like, a Mortep. And the Moors were shooting at once, mm-hmm. like, that fucking sound hit the Bedouins' ears. They released their fucking cattle of camels right into the target area, and everyone's like, "Okay." Is that what they're called? Cattle? I don't cattle. Of I don't camels? know. It sounds good though. It briefs well. A hump of camels. <laughs> but like the young, the younger camels, whatever the fuck a baby camel's called, how to like break them? I guess kind of like how you break a horse. They like tie their fucking like feet together almost. Our chucks were dropping like slinging rounds, one twenties. They were impacting, and then the camels were running across the fucking range. One of the youngsters had, like, its feet tied. The younger, like, chucks didn't know why the fuck is this, like, camel's legs tied. Anyway, like, they cut the cut the fucking the rope that's tied around their legs. Baby camel gets up and runs away. But it, 
I don't know. The point of it was like I guess to like break them to keep them yeah. within like the boundaries of however they see fit. Interesting. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, I do. I have one one more camp. story about that. So, sorry. So we're doing the you know oh my god the two hundred three the potato gun. So we had those paint rounds, right? Okay. So you know we set up and then here come the Bedouins and then you know I'm asking whoever was running the range I'm like hey like is this gonna be an issue and they're like no these are paint rounds so it's kind of moot point coming in front of us because the worst thing that's gonna happen is a camel gets painted with orange dust. Yeah. I really wanted it to happen too, but it didn't. Good on them for trying. I, I did try. I did try, but they were just a little bit too far away. We uh, we did an, we did raids, and after the raids, we would always go do a battle damage assessment and a census. And dudes would literally like knock holes in walls, like as you're like walking through their compound. There's like, Ugh. like so I can only imagine people training their cattle of camels. It's not fun, but yeah, yeah they always they always have everything. We pay well. You I know? mean, same deal at Fort Hood. Like killed the camel. Yeah. They killed the cattle, like the well, cow cattle at in Texas, like that range, like mm. same deal. Got to pay for the generation. Well, Fort Hood and then you, has a lot of problems. Oh, we know. Oh, yeah. oh we know. Thought was a couple buildings down from where, you know, Vanessa, we also have another episode about that, the Vanessa Guillen case. That's, Vanessa Guillen case, the doctor, the dude who like went on the shooting. Hussein, right? Hussein, Major Hussein. Yeah. Yeah. My, my battalion commander was shot by him. Really? I, my old battalion commander. Yes, he's honestly one of the good ones. And I say that authentically because I am very cynical and judgmental of the officer corps. Well, but he's one of the good same. ones. But yeah, like he he survived the Fort Hood. I think he crawled out a window. They were like running the SRP site. Yeah. I have to look at that again. Dang. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, he was big on active shooter drills when we had the whatever LPD days or whatever. Like I remember that, the active shooter one. Yeah, it just seems systemically that there's, I don't want to say, I'm not going to be as cynical as to say, like, the Army doesn't want to fix it. There's plenty of other bad veteran podcasts that dedicate their whole personality to things like that. Objectively, the Army doesn't want to be us. Well, no, I'm not one to, like, constantly, like, beat stuff over the head of, like, you know, the VA sucks, whatever. But, like, it just seems like systemically they don't know how to fix the issues that continue to happen at that one place, Right. People who don't know anything about the military know that, like, Fort Hood's a bad place, and, like, that's not good. Right. Right. Yeah. We can go into a whole thing about the SHARP program, and believe me, I have. But, yeah. you know, the thing that they take away from the re- report and the bill that was passed is just, like, that bill did jack shit to mm. actually do anything about the issue. If you ask me about my, I, we'll get into it later. If we have time later on, I could tell you about my solution for the art, the military in whole, as a whole their issue with sexual harassment and sexual assault. I have a solution. And if somebody will fucking listen to me because I called the head office themselves, okay, I'm getting worked up. What was your other story? Uh, The other story I had is one night late, I'm in my patrol base. And uh, at that time I had moved on and I moved on. No, that, that part doesn't matter. I was a squad leader and, you know, it was... The time where our platoon had the phone, our one satellite Iridium phone for an entire company. I hated that thing. Yeah, I mean. When you tried to call home, it had that echo. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're in the army, so you had to like one for every soldier at least. But in the we had one for an entire company and it was like hooked up to a battery. And so it was like carrying around a suitcase, basically. Yeah. I remember like when I, when my dad would call home, like when. He was deployed when I was younger. Like, really? I just would hear that. Yeah, when I'd hear that echo, I would 
She's like, Dad, who is on? Who is in the room with you? Yeah. And he's like, Oh, it's a satellite phone, so you're hearing your own voice, uh-huh. you know, going up and coming back. And I was like, Oh, yeah. So then it made sense. There's some private somewhere listening to all the conversations too. But me and a good friend of mine, me and one of my team leaders, a good friend of mine, we were sitting there. It was nighttime, and we're catching up. And he's asking about my, you know, my wife and kids, and I'm asking him about his family. And we're just sitting there, you know, smoking a Newport. You know, all the guys have gone through it, and we're just chilling because Afghanistan at night has to be one of the most beautiful places in the world. There's no noise. I mean, the Middle East at whole, I'm imagining most of it's the same. But there's no noise pollution. There's no light pollution. There's just, like I said, I mean, it's just peaceful. Mm-hmm. And uh, like you could do a full blown night patrol with like a quarter moon light out because like that's how great it is. Like you just wait a little bit and go outside and your eyes adjust and like you're ready to go out there and you know do the Lord's work. And uh, I'm sitting there and like I'm looking at him. And then like, you know, it's just, I mean, we lived in patrol bases, so it was just like HESCO barriers in the field and like we called it a place. And so we're sitting there, you know, smoking a pot, like doing the whole thing. And there's this triangle in the distance and it's starting to move and it's moving towards us and there's nothing there. I'm, you know, I'm talking, you know, you know, you know, if stuff's in the airspace, you know, UAVs, which are so secret, just sound like a weird lawnmower. You know, flying above. Like, oh my god, I got chill. I got chills thinking about this, and I'll tell you guys later. Yeah, later. but I mean, so it's really hard to like tell the size and stuff. And I actually called him recently because I wasn't sure about how big it was. We're just like sitting there, and like you're just like, what the fuck is happening? And so this thing starts moving. It starts moving towards us. Like it starts to close the distance towards us. Like it's come out of nowhere and it's moving directly towards us. And then it gets to like the edge of our position, like right in line with our HESCO barriers. I don't know how big it was, but it was like big enough to like, I guess, hold a person. And then it moves laterally and scans my entire patrol base. And then like, like not just like kind of, but like it moved like we, so in Afghanistan, like most of the Middle East, all houses are courtyard style. So like it moved along the like pattern of like where there was a building and where we used like HESCO barriers around it. And it moved like an irregular pattern as it like took in our entire position and then like shifted and shot down the only road and just like, and the whole time it's just light and there's not a single noise that's being made and just traversed our entire position. And like, did you ever get a name for what that was by chance? It's an unidentified flying object. I mean, it was a UFO. Besides, besides that, besides that, I was just curious if you had heard what the name for that flying triangle was because I mean, we didn't know what it okay. was. My first, so, my... I'm about to learn you. I'm about to. Okay, yeah. That. So my first no, thought really. was that it was I, a drone. I... Was that it was a drone, but like it didn't make any noise. And on top of all that, the way it moved in the air was contradictory to the laws of physics. Like there was, mm-hmm. it moved effort, effortlessly as it traversed our entire position. And I was just like, this isn't good. Like it just did a, it did a quick lap and then it dipped. And I was just like, my, my friend looked at me and goes, that was a fucking UFO, dude. And I was like, yeah, I think it was. So like, if it comes back, we'll shoot it. But right now we're good. So what a Marine. If it comes back, we'll shoot it. Yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to like scan my position. <laughs> when we had some drones that PMF were flying towards us, like the Iran back militia group, we would drone bust them. And then we would have just like the Iraq army, like throw a fucking rug over them. And just jump on this fucking thing. Not an alien by any means, but <laughs> I wish I had more alien stories. No, but this thing is I like mean, we like, know I drones. But I, oh, I don't sorry. like I don't uh, like drones. did what before we 
Tell me about the triangle. So the triangle, the name of it is called a Vimana. V-I-M-A-N-A. It's it's a Hindu flying chariot. And the reason I know about this is because I watched a movie called The Objective. I know it sounds like your corny military movie, but it's not. It's about the CIA agent. And he has either they're active or they're some might be retired. I can't remember, but they were soft guys and they were sent on this mission and it was to go do some readings in this valley where and they were supposed to find this village elder who lived up in the mountains. Long story short, it's this weird triangle thing. And when you said that it sounded weird, it's almost like, you know, like the monks when they throat, sing, you know, the throat singing. Is that kind of what it sounded like? Well, my memory of it is that it made no noise. That was what was unusual because it was moving and there was no noise. Like drones and stuff, you would hear it. And maybe it just wasn't close enough to us. I mean, we were in the center, so it was a few hundred meters away. But like even still, like usually you can like, you can hear goats for miles or kilometers out there. Like you'd always hear them. And you know, and like the cowbells and the goat neck of stuff. What is it called? Spell it. Here, let me, I'm going to take a screenshot of this and I'm going to, I'm put in the little group chat that we got. But fuck. Okay. And there you go. So that's, I mean, the triangle that... It was a CIA thing? Is that what you're telling me? Yeah. So it's, you know, they were going to go do some reading. They didn't end up, spoiler alert, so skip forward if you actually want to go watch that movie. But they were pulled out there on false pretenses, like the soft guys. Like, they didn't know what it was that they were going after. And it basically was a suicide mission. Sounds like special forces. Go ahead. (laughs) Yeah, but yeah, so there was like these floating triangles that vaporized. Like one of them, I think one of the one of the guys, he got vaporized by it. And it, it was just bizarre. And I was like, what is that thing? And so after the movie was over, I Googled it. And that was what came up under the plot is it was the, Vima, the Vimana chariot. So I didn't, I mean, I didn't really get too much into like the whole background of it but because it's yeah. supposed to so, be like a cia curious? a cia tools i was saying i think it was something along the lines of like you know the government involvement with studying aliens sounds the like the aliens. cia took a ufo is what i'm like if you look at like the bob lazarus guy he talks about the uh, sir what is it the substance that he found and uh, it's oh, oh, dude, it's been so i read that shit without God, what did that come out? Something 15. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do. Um, Wasn't he on Joe Rogan? Yes, he was on All Father's show. Yeah. Hallowed yeah, be thy name. Was, oh, my God. I do a rear naked choke salute. He's so sweaty. I'm sorry. He's a sweaty person. Joe Rogan? <laughs> I, oh, yes. I'm sure he's cool. I, and I don't know. He's a man I, in his I, 50s he, on TRT. That's what happens. <laughs> so, like... I mean, I can't wait. I'm going to make the Liver King look foolish by how much gear I'm going to be doing. But uh, no. He's natural, okay? If you believe he's natural, you don't get to vote. (laughs) So for anything, not even American Idol. If you ever thought the Liver King, if you ever thought the Liver King was natural, you're not allowed to vote. Was there one person that was surprised when he was like, hey... Yes, you should see his followers. Like They're like, we love you. So did that person also think that, you know... WWE, that was real. Did he also think that? They think all the internet's real. You should. I like to read his comments and stuff and see what people say because, like, 
his new stance is that he made the liver king to help people stop committing suicide, which I don't know. I haven't asked anyone if it's helped, but I don't think it, I don't think his steroid abuse has slowed down the suicidal ideation that continues to happen in the world. Are they talking about like, you know, making sure people tune in like that they don't off themselves. So they just like tune in to see what the fuck it is he's doing. I mean, his whole thing is like, he started the primal lifestyle to fight mental health, but he only started move. He only started shifting to that. Like after he got caught. Yeah. Doing steroids, but he's just another old dude on the internet who doesn't need to be on the internet. Like he messaged the guy that the guy, I'm You're sorry, nothing to do with it. But the guy who, from more plates, no dates, he emailed him. Hi, my name's Brian. I'm the Liver King. I'm on steroids. Can you tell me how to do steroids better? Like, and he never thought that would see the light of day. But no, between I, the toes, between the toes, pinky toe. You need yeah. the you need the big toe for balance to do the pinky toe. <laughs> Interesting that you have this knowledge. Hey, I well, I took anatomy and physiology. Thank you very much. So I do know that if you hurt your pinky toe, it makes it incredibly hard to balance. So I took A and P one and two in college, and I hated it. Yeah. Oh, I. It was one of my labs, and I did labs. Yeah, I hated it. Well, one of the guys in my group found out that his mom had an affair because we did a blood typing thing. For real? Yeah, it was awkward as fuck and like my whole group were just like is this no is he fucking with us and he's like i, I gotta go make it like pale he's like i gotta go make a phone call you know i <laughs> in my mind it was kind of like king of the hill how what's his name has the son who's native american and oh yeah whatever his name is and like that's what it was like your friend was like native american and his dad's white and he's like God, what is it? And he always runs off with his friend. You know what I'm talking about? Bobby's friend? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. I can't remember his name, but it's been so long since I've seen King of the Hill. Yeah, it's okay. I'm really old. I'll make better references. No, what was I saying? But yeah, like, it just didn't God move. God damn it, Bobby. Yeah, it didn't make any noise. I don't remember making any noise. But what I found peculiar about it was that it, it circled our position. And so I was just recently talking about this on a different podcast, but I called my friend Zach and I was like, did you remember this? And he's like, yeah. He's like, were you there the night we saw it on thermals? And I was like, no, I wasn't. And he's like, yeah, me and him and another guy were like watching it on thermals and they did the same thing and they could see it like circling in another position and then coming over ours and circling ours. So yeah, it happened quite a few times, you know, and we were like, what if this here's a thought. What if that alien is like, you know, they're doing like a middle school project, like whatever alien middle school equivalent that is. And like you guys are part of like their science experiment and they're just going around getting. I mean, there is a direct correlation between, never know. between the time we dropped the atomic bomb and an alien showing up, right? Like the day we dropped the atomic bomb, aliens were like, whoa. What are they doing? We really, yeah. there really is. And we've talked about this before. The interference with UFOs, aliens, and atomic bombs, atomic energy, like nuclear silos, like they are yeah, yeah. very correlated. And his silos. Big I silo did. guy. I, big, huge silo guy. Huge. <laughs> Dude, I was in some bunkers recently, some nuclear bunkers recently. And there, there's, we talked about before where. Like where silos are, UFOs, UAPs, where the fuck you want to call them, have came and like deactivated, neutralized, have like fucked up said systems. 
flew over him. Holy shit, what the fuck is that? Energy came down and like wiped it out. We can't use it. There's plenty of stories with that. And it, it does stem from like World War II. Like a lot of like the influx of the activity has been for World War II and so on. Yeah, clearly they helped. tested the bomb and then we dropped it. So I'll let you two fight. Talk a little bit. I'll be right back. I need to do a bathroom break. <laughs> You're gonna just, yeah. You're smoking. Dude, no, I was. I'm actually, no, I'm actually, I'm like, very nice. I need to. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> I went to Fort Campbell and they used to store nuclear yeah. bombs there and I toured it. I'm okay. It's crazy. Best of luck. Good luck. But I toured Fort Campbell because I've been making a lot of content with the army lately. And they showed me these bunkers where they used to store and keep a, a grip, <laughs> a grip of nuclear weapons. And uh, it's weird. And there's supposedly some stories about how like they would have like weird aircraft show up for no reason. And like, and then they stopped showing up the second they all went away. So like, I don't know, man. I think that's why there's always these movies and stories about aliens showing up in cornfields because the part of the nuclear triads in the Midwest with all those weird silos, right? Sure. Yeah. It makes sense to me. Th- there's something there. The I forget his name. He was he's a, he was civilian though. Civilian th- worked for NASA or some type some something like that. Uh, the army or the DOD whatever was testing like a nuclear missile launched it i think from a cannon in the desert like midwest in the desert shoots it in the air and this guy is like a professional photographer and he's uh shooting like real time whatever like the shutter speed is of this camera and the warhead's flying through the air and what comes in the frame is a ufo uap not nobody that's american comes in the frame from the that ufo like a beam of energy comes and like shoots at this, knocks it out of orbit, and kind of tumbles like head over heels out of its like flight path. And that happens. And a couple weeks later, this guy he was like he worked at a university. The men in gray, what he called them, showed up at the university, asked for his pictures and videos. He showed them. They were like, "Okay, this didn't happen. This was from." xyz you know what i mean every fucking like men yeah. black movie you've seen for the excuse like was the yeah. excuse that they gave this guy and uh, and a bunch of other stories that was, you can like <laughs> what's up oh i was gonna say thank god i did not walk back into like you guys talking about grinder <laughs> no do you rip do you rip a piss give it time yeah well that's what i <laughs> That's what I call. No, I was just. I was. That was. Oh yeah, that's a different. (laughs) What's your idea? But tell it. I have so many like inventions. (laughs) That's a different podcast. Go ahead. Is that? Is that? No, go ahead. Then I want to hear about the crab people. All right, let's. Yeah, fuck. Okay. Fuck the piss bed. Let's go into crab people. Go, Go back and listen. Go back and listen to our previous episodes. You'll hear all about it. Crab people. I've never been to Afghanistan. I've been to Iraq a few times and some other places in the Middle East, nowhere else in Europe or Asia. But I remember before I joined the military, after college, I went to the police academy and my friend Brett Burns, he was like a Navy electrician or some fucking bullshit on like an aircraft. And he was like, when they were out at sea, they would see UFOs constantly. Wires and shit. Why is that important? I don't know. Why? Uh, electricity 
But they, he would, like, when they're, like, blacked out sailing on, like, a fighter, they would see UFOs constantly. And this was a long time yeah. ago. And then I made my meme page, where the fuck made my stupid memes. And then uh, one day I thought about that. It was, like, in December going into January. And I was like, hey, does anyone have any, like, stories similar to this? And they fucking blow up. Everyone's like, yes, UFOs, aliens, aliens, UFOs. I would say 95% of them are Afghanistan, 4% of them are Iraq, and then whatever the leftovers, like, training in fucking Maine or wherever the fuck. But something that stuck out to me was crab people. And I think I might have coined the name crab people. Crab people. Where are your tiny hands, sir? Oh, shit. They're actually right here. You know know I keep those things (laughs) on me. You keep those things. Afghanistan crab people. I can tell me. I'll start with crab people, and then if you guys want some more stories, I'll push them. But there's two big crab people stories. So uh, Afghanistan, 2002 to 2004, the 82nd Airborne with the Army. Somebody was pulling tower guard, and there was a brush tree line about 100, 200 meters away. A local comes crab walking out on all fours, screaming and contorting their body. Sticking its tongue out, etc. It just watched it for two minutes before it vanished back into the woods. And it freaked everyone out pretty fucking badly. Second story. Does it say where it was in Afghanistan? So this... No. No, it doesn't. I thought it did. I wish I did a better job screenshotting this like three years ago. No, these ones... No, no, it's fine. I'm just curious. This dude's grandma was from eastern Afghanistan... She used to tell a story about a lady demon whose joints were all backwards, who would walk on all fours. Fifteen years later, fifteen years later, fifteen years later, I'm in Africa talking to one of my senior specialists, and he was telling me a time when on guard in RC East, he saw a figure who walked on all fours, and she didn't pop on thermals either, but she, you could see her through the through the fourteens. There's an, so it was like an actual person, like it showed up on the thermals. She did not, did I, not pop. I live close to. Did not pop on thermals. You hear pop on thermals. Planes. Oh, did not. That's weird. There was one more. Yeah, sorry, if you hear like aircraft, I live pretty close to the airfield. No, we don't hear anything. I don't Show hear anything. There was, there's one more too okay. where there are like at a fob or a, a cop, pesco barriers lining it. And this person, again, crab walked on all fours, like. Joints, double-jointed, contouring, like, not like you're playing Twister, right? And then eventually, like, it kind of, what they said, sprinted into the wood line, the tree line, up uphill. Uh-huh. Dude, so, I have so many thoughts. We'll get, well, hopefully I'll be able to answer some of your questions. Because, so he mentioned this last episode, I cut my bit because I was like, yeah, no, I'll save it for this episode. But when he started talking about the crowd people and like what they were, I was like, oh my God, I've heard of this before, but it wasn't in Afghanistan. So where was it? I'll get into it after his. So you got to stick around if you want to hear, but you'll hear it. It's really interesting. If you read about about, like the people that walked away, like a lot of like the notes point towards like polio there's i don't know but it's not like tribal incest yeah incest is a big one but the that is a very big thing in afghanistan for sure i told you we get to the tribal and this isn't like a a knock it's just fact like 
these tribes have been around forever. Well, I mean, they also don't. It, I mean, like people don't really understand the world to which they live in. Like when Karzai came in town, we we stopped them all from going to see him. <laughs> so because they were scared of him. And I remember we like helped put up posters of their president. And this one guy came up and he's like, what's that? And like, oh, that's your president. And he's like, what's a president? Like, that's the guy who's in charge of your country. And he's like, what country? He's like, Afghanistan. He's like, oh. I live in Afghanistan. We're like, yeah, bro. And he's like, all right, man, later. And like, that was it. He just like went back to like, do, you know, doing. I think of somebody in like Montana or Wyoming or like somewhere yeah. like North Dakota. And they're just like, don't even know that they're part of the U.S. I mean, but like, literally, do you have to know? Like when I think about it, like his job every day is to get up, roll a fat joint, God bless, and then go out uh, to the poppy field, get, you know, make some of that age and then, you know, support terrorism globally. Gang, gang. And gang. So like. <laughs> I mean, his house was made out of bricks of mud that he dug out of the earth himself. Like, so like when your world is that small, I don't want to say like incest is inevitable, but it feels inevitable for them because like, even if they branch off to other families in their tribe, eventually that family tree is probably going to make a wreath. You feel me? So So, like, they'll circle back. That being said, now, you know, all like the royals, you know, like the British royals, they have the ability to travel and go and you know, see the world and meet people and procreate, but they fucking choose not to. Yeah. <laughs> That's fucked up. Yeah. I mean, I watched Harry and Meghan too. I didn't like it, but yeah, I understand. It's just a, it's just a poor guy being like, oh, they treated my wife bad. And she's like, I had no idea that he was like a prince. And then it jump cuts to her best friend being like, yeah, she told me the first second she got a DM from Prince Harry. She's like, oh my God, Prince Harry DM'd me. I was like, girl, stop playing. Like, come on. Girl. Gonna downplay it. Like, oh, I had no idea. I'm not that's, like other girls. That's, her whole thing is being like, I'm quirky and an artist for like three episodes. Ah! And you're just like there. And he's like, yes, my mom was killed tragically. It was bad. He was actually at the same base I was. Fucking government killed your mom, Harry. Yeah, they did. He was at the same base I was that, on my first tour in uh, Helmand Province. It's pretty cool. Oh, that is dope. Everyone said it was him. It's like in the morning, too. Solid yeah, so we went, to, we went to a place called New Delhi, and they're like, oh, that's Prince Harry. And I was like, all right. <laughs> Whoa. Not cool, man. Yeah. It was a good time. Okay, continue. <laughs> no, we just like, everyone said it was him. I don't know if it was him or not. And we watched a bootleg Iron Man. And so, like, all of us were in this room watching Iron Man on this small thing with, like, Chechnyan writing on the bottom. And, like, that was how I entered the Marvel Universe. So, Yeah, I don't even know how many Marvel movies are out. I feel like such a bad, like, movie watcher, but... It's... They're a hit and miss, but... I want to hear more about the crap people. I have thoughts. Yes. Crap people. We tried to do a thing where we were like, every time you say, I thought, then you had to do... Oh, it was lame. That, <laughs> that, that lasted. There you go. Thoughts. That lasted a few times. There you go. If you're listening, drink because we did the secret word. So yeah, from there crap here people. we keep crap people. We can really let like our imaginations go with it. A lot of it, like the more I read about it, goes back to incest, polio. But when I have received sol- stories from like soldiers or marines, they're like, it's not just a fucking person. Like you know. It's not just a woman or a child or a kid that is on crutches. It's this person 
who's walking backwards. Limbs are fucking backwards, you know, double jointed. And it's head spinning the yeah. fuck around. And the shit's like galloping like a fucking... Like, like the exorcism. Pony. Yeah. Yeah. Mentally, like, like, the, like the exorcist. Addition. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, just like yeah. the exorcist. Yeah. 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 I like your Marine impersonation. I think it's all because of the Nephilim. So that's just me. Honestly, Man, we can go back people? to the Nephilim too because... I think it all starts right, right. there with the angels that have fallen, right? And then the offspring would create stuff in a place where nothing else exists. 100%. So there's, because we went over, there's like the two versions, right. like the Nephilim were like the angels. And then the other one was like the Nephilim or like the angels mated with human women. And then that's what created the Nephilim. So either that, one, but. That's what I think it is. I don't know if it's, that's what I thought it was the second one. It could be related. Angels already have. I think it all starts there, and then they all start like making subsets. Like, so in this world, sure. if there really are angels and they're making offspring, are all the offspring going to be giants? Like every one of them? I don't know. Maybe not. Well, and there's there was that story, like the biblical story of Semyaza. Yeah, he was uh, he was the watcher that like took the fall for it. Like he was basically saying, "Hey, okay, all right, here's the game plan, homies." We're gonna go down. We're gonna get with the ladies. We're gonna make yeah. babies. Yeah. And if something goes wrong and the big guy he gets mad, like I'm gonna take the fall for it. Yeah. Because that's some Yaza. That's a real G right there. That's some top G stuff. That's an Andrew one. Tate reference. Uh, no, he's great. I'm just kidding. I don't like him. Amanda blah, blah, loves. Blah. Him. Who loves him? The military. Amanda. Amanda. I don't does. get it. That's what I'm saying. It's just another. Per- like- it's all people picking on. I that is week. slander, libel. One of the two. I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. <laughs> No, fuck Andrew But just take uh, crap, crap people, the Nephilim, how you see in the Middle East, besides like the Russians coming through, how there's like a select few, especially like Northeast Afghanistan, the where red hair. there's like the red hair pops in, where they dye the goats red, and eventually the goats disappear. The giants in that area, like Kandahar, have red hair. Um, like a sacrifice to said giants, to Nephilim. I don't know the correlation between crab people and giants, but I don't think, I, I think they could be related. Granted, that whole area is still so, what's the word? Just like natural, old. It's untamed. It's unterraformed by technology or Unhinged. modernization. Yeah, just, it's just fucking un- yeah. Read a schizo post all over the desert. It just is what it is and what it was and ha- has been. It always will be. And always. And pr- <laughs> Amen. It's getting hot. It's getting hot in here. Fuck. Tell yeah. Me, tell well, me I mean, blanket. you have electricity in a blanket. He's got a point. No, I, was, I was making a, an ex-Catholic joke. Oh, oh okay. Um, yeah, I recently had to go to a memorial service, which excellent service, but I was thinking of my dad had heard me. Every time I go into like a Catholic church, he's always just like, oh, then burst into flames this time, Amanda. <laughs> She made it through the that's a top tier dad joke. My dad loves me. My dad loves me. I promise. No, that's a good dad joke, though. That's a good dad joke. I it says here in Wikipedia, i.e., life, that the Nephilim are the children of fallen angels, hybrid. Yep. Yeah. So the crab people are probably like a hybrid of some other kind of. If you keep going, creature. something else has to happen, right? It's just the genealogy, which we need to do more cryptids. That is one thing that we have been lacking on this. Is you know we did do the. Giants of Kandahar, and I think a few others, but you know, there's a whole lot more that we. I'm convinced there's a whole civilization that lives in the mountains of Afghanistan that runs through all of Asia. Like I, that, that's like my, because yeah. I remember growing up 
the great Fox News would give me the truth and they would say that you I can't say that with a straight face. They uh, practice. They it's fair and balanced. But I remember watching it, any of the news, and they'll be like, we're looking for they were looking for Bin Laden and they couldn't find him. I remember that was a thing they would say. And it was miles and miles of unmapped and unknown tunnel system in Afghanistan. My only thought was like, who's digging it? Like, how did you like it can't the be mole a, people duh. Well, I mean, but like then Read a book. <laughs> I I will. But like if the Nephilim are real, if that's the premise, it starts there, like it means everything else is too, right? So like it kind of pops open the reality. And so like it makes the most sense to me that there would be like a subterranean world in a place that's literally the hardest part of the world to get to. Like you don't wind up there by accident. You're not like, I was on I-95 and I took a left. Like, no, like you have to like go up like mountains that are basically made out of like hard stone and rock and not easy to traverse. Only people that live there are people that have lived there forever. Right. And like, it's not touristy. The Taliban don't like people (laughs) that aren't them. So like, there's so many other factors involved. Yeah, grouchy bunch. yeah, they're. I mean, they're not very open-minded, as some would say. But cantankerous, some would say. Cantankerous. That's a good word. I'm gonna use that in the sentence poorly tomorrow. That's how I feel about veterans. They're cantankerous, but I think the crab people are them. They have to be. They have to be. It's all come. It's so all come. I'm not together. trying to like burst. Not to me being the one to burst the bubble, which Sorry. would never do that. But if you know, you're also wondering like, hey, what other reasonable explanation could there be to why we see well if you've been there you know war in afghanistan it's so not here subject. okay not here not it's yeah. china's not problem here. but <laughs> it is they bought up a ton of property there yeah did. yeah that's gonna be interesting got it for a steal in this real estate market they did really, i mean where do you interest th- rates man <laughs> interest i mean where do people think their car batteries come from for their teslas they come from tiny afghan hands digging into the dirt and getting lithium out so just to throw them into the yeah. ocean it's ridiculous we gotta we gotta we have to power the electric eels somehow so go so amanda if you can go ahead and prove that i'm a psycho by whatever real reason that the crap people exist i'd appreciate well, that So it's not necessarily that they don't exist because they do. It's just why, you know, why do, why? So I remember hearing about this in my history class. It was the one history class I had to take in college because I did ROTC like a nerd, but I had fun in college on like those stuff pointers. So, okay. So I was in this history class and back when I was younger, could take 14 minute naps and I'd be totally fine, you know, little minimum sleep. So I, I had this alarm set for a weird time in like early afternoon, I think from the other day when I had a different, whatever. So I'm in this class and I'm like barely paying attention. And all of a sudden my alarm goes off and my alarm was the opening to the Lion King in the middle of class. That's awesome. And I was wide awake after that. Uh, I was running, yeah. Ah! <laughs> download that. That rips. It's a really good song, a really good alarm to wake up to. You know, you're just like, I'm the lion. I can take one today. Just kidding, that was a little funny. But, okay, so I was in this history class, and my professor started talking about, you know, conflicts, things in the middle, in the, you know, Turkey, Syria, Iraq, Bulgaria, Hungary, that that area, the Mediterranean, Black Sea. So sure. it was a family that 
And I have the my notes pulled up. If you wanted to go in the Google Drive, you can. But if not, I'll just read. So the family that walks on all fours and why they can't stand up. So this was from 2014, the article when it was published. It was from the Washington Post. So if you're interested, it's on there. So Thank you. Go ahead. But I'll include some pictures and stuff on our Instagram once we post that. But a man is one of five children in a religious family bedeviled by an unusual condition that has flummoxed and fascinated scientists since the scientific community first discovered them in 2005. The parents are completely normal, but their five children are quadrupedal. They walk on their appendages, all fours, so appendages down, bottoms in the air. Face down, ass up. But not really, because their necks are actually a little bit curved in an unusual manner. And I believe you had mentioned that about the crab people, like their necks look weird. Not face down, ass up. That's correct. Earlier theories held that the family's gait signaled a de-evolution to our primate ancestry, thinking that we evolved from the same ancestors as apes. But fresh research published claims that those earlier theories are wrong, and it's not de-evolution, it's adaptation to an unforeseen and rare disorder. They're impaired with something called Unertan syndrome, the Turkish evolutionary biologist who first discovered them. Uh, Characterized by a loss of balance, impaired cognitive abilities, and habitual quadrupedal gait, it's a syndrome... Unertan theorized that suggested a backward stage of human evolution. In other words, the siblings were thought to be walking proof that our evolutionary advances could poof vanish and we'd be back walking on all fours. So it's like, you know, they're thinking this is our missing link. And at, at what point would we be going backwards? Mm-hmm. Some would argue that happened in 2020. <laughs> but that being said, the idea of reverse evolution was just a flash, like an aha experience, said one of the researchers. I suddenly realized that we were, or they were exhibiting the walking style like that of our ape-like ancestors. I was the scientist who first suggested the existence of reverse evolution in human beings. But there are some problems with the suggestion. British researchers pointed out in a separate study that the family's walk differs from that of primates in a crucial way. They put their weight on their wrists, so they walk hands down, whereas apes and monkeys, they walk on their knuckles. Right. So that was like kind of the key point. They're like, eh, maybe not. And to mitigate that, the family, they basically like oven mitts for their hands. So they yeah, didn't yeah. burn on the pavement. Um, or to give a little bit of back relief, they had these like almost like clogs, like wooden blocks to kind of make them more level. And so another thing that they noted was the gait. Primates walking in a diagonal sequence. Humans, meanwhile, walk laterally similar to other quadrupedals. Or, wow, quadrupedals, wrong word. Quadrupedals. So according to researchers, their walk is a byproduct of a hereditary condition that causes cerebellar hypoplasia. This condition complicates their sense of balance and to adapt, they have developed. Are you a bitch? Sorry. She does not like my boy cat. Where was I? Okay. Proving my point. Go ahead. So that's what the condition is called. And so to adapt for the lack of balance, Daisy, to adapt to it, they, you know, can't balance on two feet for very long. So walk on all fours. Quote, I was determined to publish this and set the record straight because these erroneous claims about nature and the cause of the quadrupedalism and these individuals have been published over and over again without any actual analysis of the biomechanics of their gait. Uh, and researchers who are not experts in primate locomotion. That is a study. Primate locomotion? <laughs> locomotion. Mm. Like, how do you fucking become that? I want to be a nurse. I want to be a doctor. I want to be a primate locomotion I want to study primate locomotion so that I can spread disinformation about the Nephilim and how their hereditary DNA has trickled through Afghanistan and made people walk like that. 
Thank you, Amanda, for that cosign. I appreciate it. That's what I took away. Wake from up, it. sheeple. Listen, Wake sheeple. If you want to break out of the matrix, like me and my boys, join the Andrew Taters or whatever they're called. I don't know. To Andrew Taters. So this is uh, also to note, you know, like when thought when you were talking about how like they would just come out of the bushes or the sh- you know the, the whatever shrubs, the bushes behind yeah. a rock. I don't know, but they would come out like shrubs. That's the word. Shrubberies you know screaming and it just not making really any sense it's actually coming with another price of the syndrome so the siblings they're able to speak but barely and they've just they developed their own language to communicate with one another according to the original study they use fewer words fewer than 100 words and have difficulty answering some questions so it goes on to like little back and forth between the researcher and the siblings so what year is it tan asked one of the siblings 81 said 90, another. Animals said another. July, explained the fourth. House. They just communicate how the gay guy's doing grinder, and it should be a lot easier. Blue. Oh, shit. All right. Cool, cool. All right, got you. He wants a hand job, and it's July? Okay. It's all coming together. listen, I don't want to make fun of these kids. I don't want to make fun of these kids, but that is a good way to do it. But all I'm saying is that you have just proven to me, in my opinion, because I'm (laughs) closed-minded and a and part of the problem. The Nephilim DNA didn't hold up over time. The crab people got the short end of the Nephilim DNA stick. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and that a genetic lottery. Fuck, she's a short stick. I'm like 20 seconds behind you guys talking, so sorry if I'm delayed. Oh, you're fine. Okay. But yeah, just signed up for Andrew Tate's masterclass. (laughs) But yeah, the Andrew Taters. It's like a failed business venture for him, like Tater Tots. Yeah, I really just did. Oh my God, that's good. I would call him Tater Tots. (laughs) Andrew Tater Tots. Welcome to the Tater Tots. And his pick. Napoleon, give me your thoughts. Every time we're on here, we have amazing business ventures. We just don't fucking act on them. I swear. Welcome to the Tater Tots. Big Tot guy. Huge Tot guy. Being Irish, (laughs) I love potatoes, so you know that question like if you could eat one food for the rest of your life what would it be minus burger. potatoes because potatoes are fucking versatile as fuck. eggs burger <laughs> a burger breakfast lunch and a burger <laughs> eggs <laughs> oh shit eggs i was in ireland midway between flying to somewhere probably somewhere terrible but i was looking at these our chefs cooking in the airport and i'm like they're cooking a lot of eggs and they're cooking a lot of potatoes <laughs> And I was like, how many ways are there to cook eggs? How many ways are there to cook potatoes? And what has more? So many. Between eggs and potatoes. Eggs. Yeah. I mean, you can make a meringue with those eggs. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. A meringue. You can fry them. You can scramble them. You can sunny side up. Over easy. You can poach them. You can boil them. Yeah. Eat them raw. Raw. You can eat it raw. Like like the king of the livers. Or if you if you join Tater Tots, you can also get a lifetime subscription to eggs. Just, I'm gonna I'm gonna put everybody off of this whole like liver king eating raw eggs thing. Guess what? Eggs have the same consistency as what? Come. So think of that next time you down a raw egg. I won't. I would prefer to eat them, but I'm never in that much of a rush. Is my only thing. Let me just drink. Like, Do I have? I'm late for work. Let me drink my cum <laughs> eggs real quick. No, don't- like, uh, everyone who does honey, it, I'm like, honey, can you, can you add the cummings? Who's ever been late because they scrambled eggs? Is my, my other, like, no one's ever that, so, like, uh-huh. two minutes. I was late this morning, and I threw four eggs in a bowl, whisk, whisked it with some milk, 
microwave on the go and it was fine like it's not like the traditional scrambled but like it's like a you know like a poor person scrambled i guess yeah big scrambled doesn't like what you did there but i understood you had to be efficient yeah yeah the big lobbyist scrambled corporation and not one taste bud tasted like cum not that i know what that tastes like big scramble that sounds like the move you know like the whole lobotomy movement sure what's a lobotomy is wait Oh, lobotomy? Is it lobotomy yeah. or limbotomy? Lobotomy. Did I misspeak? I think. No. Lo- lobotomy. I, I that's what her. I meant to say. I miss. I miss her. Is probably. But that's you know big scramble. Yeah, big scramble. Big scramble. I do love that most of our brain treatments for everything used to be like I don't know, man. Eh, just whisk it around a little bit. Whisk it around. If that doesn't work, throw some voltage. If it frauds, their- then you're in trouble. Yeah. I was reading about John F. Kennedy's sister. Who had like less of like, like, oh, did you read this? Did I send it to you? Her shit was, yeah, no, I read this like a couple of years ago. Her shit was fucked up. Man, her family did her dirty. Yeah, she had a low IQ, and because of like the family's political ties, like the whole family, they're like, okay, we have a sister slash daughter who's retarded. What do we do? I don't know. She's embarrassing us. Okay. They're like, let's give her a fucking lobotomy. They throw these screws through her head. Fuck her up completely. And for the rest of her life, she just, she limps, like, forever, right? She can't talk. She's fucking, like, I don't know why we're laughing, because it's so fucked up. But, the, yeah, like. I'm not she, laughing. I don't know why. I'm not laughing. I saw my door open, and that's what it was. This is audio only, so let's just go with, with that. Old Tommy Medicine used to be like, well, there's something wrong with their brain. Cocaine. Shocker. Cocaine. You know, the JFKs had wild medical practices. They were given, what's his name, JFK? He was doing steroids at like five because he had Downers and uppers and downers and uppers. I think JFK, he did something too when he was a little bit older. He was in Dallas. They put lead through his head. Anyone? Nope. Nobody? All right. (laughs) I got it. I got it. (laughs) Yeah. So anyways, I flew in here. My arms are tired. Hey. How about those airline I think I I thought... Yeah. Have, I, have you watched Inside Job yet? I don't watch anything. Inside Job. No, it's a cartoon. It's like, if you like Rick and Morty, you'll fucking love Inside oh Job. Oh my God, that's who you remind the me intro? of. The intro? You remind me of who? her. Who? You remind me of, what's her name? Reagan from the show, Inside Job. It's, fuck. With the, it was like one of the first episodes, but like they were going around like, you know, Cognito Inc. is making all the cuts for like all the cryptids and you know the underground conspiracy theory folks that work you know basically saying that all the conspiracy theories are real and and the government controls everything okay not really a lie but you know so what are we talking about you're trying it was grassy noel atkinson it was the the guy in that in the show when like they're going around making the cuts and they're like all right this old guy hasn't done anything since he's killed kennedy so they fired Grassy Noel Atkinson. That was the actual Grassy assassin in the show. It's fair. Yeah. <laughs> Grassy like Noel was his name. Arms looking. Yeah. And you really do remind me of, her name's Reagan, which is voiced by Lizzie Kaplan in Inside Job. Excellent fucking show. It is. Definitely no need to watch it. No way. They just canceled it. Yeah. We heard that yesterday. Tree came in and it was like, they canceled Inside Job. Love that show. I don't understand what Netflix's business model is to where they cancel that, but they really love making low-key mommy porn. So Emily in Paris? Emily in Paris is the dumbest premise of anything ever. Like, she just kind of cutes her way into a job. 
Like that's the whole premise. She's dumb. She's underqualified. She shouldn't be there, but she's just going to like, whoopsie, like montage her way into success in Paris in the fashion industry, but she's quirky enough to do it. It's really demeaning in my opinion. Just be like, just be quirky and you'll get a job, not be qualified. Don't work hard for it. Don't try and apply yourself. Just be quirky. I don't know. The new Gen Z dream. I don't know. I felt, you know what? I hated that whole rant. That was the oldest thing I've ever done in my life. I don't know. I have a little bit more to go, but there's like one more bit that I really did want to get to because it's fucking cute. So they're continuing their dialogue. Back to the people that walk on their hands. What is the season? Animals, one said. What is this? He said, pointing at a red shoe. Tomato, one offered. But strangely enough, the other 14 brothers and sisters forgot that they had that many kids. They weren't affected by the condition. So the sisters, they usually stayed close to home, like helping out around the house and the one man in that family that was affected, it said that he is the most adventuresome and remarkably agile. He wanders about the village collecting bottles and cans and places them inside a pouch made by his shirt, which he holds up by his teeth. Oh, my God. Like, what would you do if you like you're a tourist? And I'm, you know, not making fun of this, but it's just like one of those things that you have to think about. Like, what if you just walked up, you know, American tourist as ever and you just see, I don't know what I would do. Well, it's funny you say that because like we would go into villages in Afghanistan and they would have like really weird spots where they had a lot of like weird technology. And it was because these NGOs would come there and they would like pull in power lines or they would like drop in generators for like meat cool for like coolers and refrigerators or they have like really nice. Yeah, meat coolers. I can't believe I said that. But like, like you just be like in the middle of nowhere and you would see like this really nice water pump. You're like, who the hell built that? And it's got the Red Cross or whatever. So I can't imagine like being there and seeing someone walk around like a crab and hear just like some kid from Seattle being like, I'm just trying to help the world, you know? And oh then my you God. see a crab person. <laughs> I just did this for my internship. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Just some 17 year old pulling security. Yeah. And that's just equally as bad. But that'll get yeah, you yeah. 10% off at Applebee's. So. At least 10%. Like this? Yeah. You just like wear a cool hat and you start, when you like go to order, they're like, sir, do you want anything? You go, I'm sorry, I was there. I'll take a Diet Coke, please. Be it goddamn numb. Give me my fucking margarita. Yeah. Not, margarita. Not the age group that, you know, turned out the most serial killers or anything. Who? Although we're not much better. Oh, the our theoretically serial killers episode, last one, and it was like, you know, this article that thought found about, you know, the correlation between serial killers and Vietnam vets. So it's pretty interesting. Dude, that's how desperate Vietnam vets were to stop lying about killing people. They started killing people on their own. Like, that's wild. What was the quote? It was, they teach you not only how to kill people, but how not to care. Like that, yeah, that, that line. That was like exactly I was like, it. Really? That's yep. interesting because pound for pound, Vietnam veterans lied the most to me about their service. So I find it interesting that they're like, well, we're going to kill people one way or another. Let's all be serial killers. So I mean, they just got caught. But hmm. but anyway, so that's basically the, you know, the only logical reasoning I could find that would kind of help support the one theory of like why the crab people came to be, they could be suffering from this condition. Or I did a quick little Google search about it. And so that syndrome that those siblings have, that's like one part of it. So cerebellar hypoplasia, you know, that can come in many different forms, you know, like that's the generalized thing. And then there's like subsets of that condition. So speaking of which, there is a subset for animals, too. Oh, no. And it's referred to as wobbly kittens or wobbly cats. 
It's a cerebellar hypoplasia, and it's an unusual neurological disorder. And as a result of interrupted development of the brain, it leads to uncoordinated movement or ataxia. I guess that's another word for movement. But that made me think of this cat that I follow on Instagram, and I fucking love this cat. His name is Willie. He's a wobbly kitty. And the family, they adopted him after hearing his story. And Willie had two things going against him. One, he was a black cat. So shelters, you know, the stigma against black cats. Mine, mine is so cute. Anyway, and then two, he's a special needs cat. You know, he was very likely to get put down is what I'm saying. But they adopted him. They rescued him. And, you know, you can follow Willie, the wobbly cat on Instagram. And it's so fucking cute. Really the that's why I want to end it on. Willie, the wobbly cat. I love Willie. Willie's awesome. He's like wobbles like this. Put music in the background too. How does he call that swag? How does he wobble? Like this. Listeners can't see it, but I'm like moving back and forth like the Willie wobble. She's wobbling like Willie. So Willie is like part crab person, if you really think about it. Part Nephilim. I mean, I don't know much, but I know that. That's a big orange cat. That is a Nephilim. Yeah, I mean, I mean, realistically, I do agree with the the diagnosis. I mean, in Afghanistan, all the stuff they have is stuff that doesn't exist in any other part of the world. I mean, I once saw a guy fishing with poison, and uh, that was how he fed his family, you know. Bless you. So that stuff probably exists as well. I mean, they're isolated. There's not a lot of medicine. You know, they're tribal, incestuous, and, you know, most likely their DNA is pretty broken to begin with. I mean, it's not like other places. Because that condition with the family in Turkey and how they could answer, like, with one, two letters and, like, but they had each other, you know. They they made their own language. They were able to, like, somewhat communicate. Because everybody else they grew up around, you know, they lived, they were part of like a bigger village. I don't yeah. know exactly how isolated it is, but it sounds to me like they had more interaction than what the crab people in Afghanistan probably have, yes. you know? I mean, yeah, nobody ever leaves where they are. I mean, they don't even really, I mean, where I was, they thought they were vampires at night. So like, they're not really wandering and they have no reason to. Their world's right there. They got a moss, they got a farm, they got some dope. It's pretty chill. So Take me there, baby. Yeah, I think those pictures are so just crazy. You guys, like, posing next to all the crops. I'm like, holy shit. I'm trying to think what statute of limitations are. But there is a – that's the real Hindu Kush is what I'll say. It's wild. <laughs> it's wild. Especially oh. when they would cultivate the poppy. It was even a crazier time. So so I got a two-in-one decarver and infuser. Okay. So – I just remembered that like my stuff is done decarving so it makes some gummies. So you're in the you're really in the northwest, huh? Okay. Maybe strong as fuck. Good for you. Yeah, I can't do the math. I had to use like a little calculator. I have to calculate tip on my phone. Like what makes you think that I'm gonna calculate percentages of how strong these gummies are gonna be? Yeah, no, use math. Just say fuck it and just throw it all in there. No, I understand that. I would do DMT. I could tell you about that. I recently went down to Mexico and I did a, a treatment where for PTSD, everyone should look into it. It's called Bets. Veteran Seeking Solutions, I did Ibogaine, which is a detoxing, but helps with addiction. And uh, you do that, and about 24 hours later, you die, effectively. You do DMT. I cannot recommend it enough. It has been a life-altering thing. I'm being dead serious. Can't recommend it enough. I mean, there's a guy there, a good friend of mine, who didn't have a leg from the war. And uh, he he woke up and he goes, oh, that's what it's like. Because <laughs> he died like five times. And uh, yeah, it was a mind-altering experience. I'm a big advocate wow. for non-traditional therapies for post-traumatic stress disorder, any form of trauma. And uh, honestly, whatever it could take to make that more prolific, I'm really putting a lot of time and investment in this next year in particular. Because, I mean, that's my whole thing. Nothing else works. We all took heroin for back pain because we thought it was clean because it was pills. But... 
why not try other stuff? I mean, there's tons of therapies with MDMA, ketamine, and like all these things that are working, but it's because we feel scary about it. We don't want to try it because it's not a pill, but like we got to get past that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I mean, I, I totally understand. Like you have, you know, yeah. a medical provider administering like yeah. this treatment that you have. It's just so you get these ads on Instagram and wherever. Yeah. And it's like this woman, it looks like she's, it's a bedsheet commercial or like a FabFitFun commercial. No, yeah. it's her laying down to fucking go down a K-hole, you know, yeah, yeah, but yeah. It's, for, it's for fucking PTSD. It's just, I mean, I'm all for it. You know, if everything else like doesn't work and like these things, like these unconventional controversial, you know, to the older crowd, these cool. methods, but it's just, like, there's yeah. so much from plants. I mean, my whole thing is let them do what isn't working. I don't care anymore. Like if people don't want to try it, that's fine. Like, you know, I yeah, no, absolutely don't. I would never do ayahuasca. Like, no, I just, I know that there's a part of me that I never want to, I don't want to come to the surface. Maybe one day, but right now. But what if everything you see is black and white and you can see color? I mean, that's the difference. That's like how jarring it is to me. So I did this like in 2021 before it became so many people's personality because they heard about it on Sean Ryan's podcast or Jocko's podcast. Like we actually had to not tell people. And so I don't know. I think there's much more stuff out there we need to look into for treatment in general. And need to like break the ideas of like, you know, EMDR and like, I'm not saying I'm against that, but like, why would we not try everything that's available? It's my biggest position. On yeah. That. So I am a, an advocate for EMDR because that's what I did. Like, while, yeah, when, I did it too. You know, treatment's not a one size fit all yeah. thing at, at all. And that's the thing that the VA and TRICARE, everything government related in healthcare, or even in general, honestly, I could just go down a rabbit hole with that. And I'm sorry, I literally could just yeah. go on a rant. There's so much out there. There's, yeah. Oh, sorry. EMDR. I'm so sorry. I'm no, EMDR, you're saying you tried it. Yeah, you... but it's the reason that I liked it is because I looked at it like, you know, when you look at a problem, a math problem, and you couldn't figure out how to solve it like while you're in high school. And then the teacher tells you to like come back to it later and then you'll know how to do it. Or you'll kind of have an idea of how to do it. Same with if you can't remember the name of an artist or a song and then like hours later it hits you. So that's kind of what EMDR does. It's like while you're doing the session, the way that your brain is activating, yeah. it continues to work on that problem, even though you're not actively thinking about it. I would say it like this, like it is my, not, that works for some people. my quality of life, maybe five mm -hmm. to 10%. There are other things that I had to do to get to where I wanted to be. Right. And I'm not against mm -hmm. it. That's just, that was my journey. But uh, yeah. Sorry, I need to go get my charger. Get your charger. Yeah, so Jesus, clear thought. How do you feel about EMDR? I really like the thing you put up recently about the I'm cooking like, the chow hall. It's one of my favorite clips. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I, my shit's delayed as fuck. Yeah, no, it's okay. I don't know. I never know like what path I go to with my page. I, I, I want to stick. I want to stay like on theme with like my fire support JTAC shit, but I don't know. My mind always goes elsewhere because my experiences with the military are mainly outside of like my job. I say do what makes you happy, King. And do, sure. just make content that you I want because the second you start making stuff to placate, it doesn't work. Yeah. I feel in my that. opinion. Yeah. Like I, All right, I made this back. Sorry. Go ahead. No, we're talking about. Uh, I have, no, I was. He's delayed. I had not. I'm sorry. I was just saying, like, I know I kind of derailed everything, and I apologize. So, but uh, no discussion. Like, this is probably one of like the one you know more low threat. You know, we're nothing special. I mean, dude. I mean, we are special. But... 
You don't talk like that. Like I, I'm doing this because I want to. Like I think both of you do a lot of important work, and like I'm honored and privileged. Like I'll bullshit aside to do it because our community sucks. I'm trying to be a better advocate for it, but like everyone's like infighting, like a bunch of incels getting ready to storm a capital. Like that's not how I'm moving through life. I'm so worried about their little attention for being a veteran getting away from them that they're literally fighting each other to try and fill something valid when most people, an overwhelming majority of them didn't do anything that they should really talk about anymore. And so I don't get it. I just I, know that we're all dying and I've buried more friends after the war than I did to it. So I'm going to try and do something different. Boom. That's my stupid rant again. I'm tired of ranting. That's Boom. not stupid at all. No, I agree yeah. with you. Have you ever seen The Circle? The Circle? Another Netflix show. Yeah, another Netflix show that you know keeps going, but they fucking cancel inside job. Still ranting about that, but The Circle. Yeah, the most poorly a- written, poorly acted. Like, I didn't know that was that. Oh, man, what should I do? I'm pretending what? that it's so fucking lame. Fun fact, I lived with you. Maybe you've seen her page. That's a no. while ago. You lived no. with her? She has, she's been off for a while. So she was, she's more active like a year or two years ago on her page. Anyway, so I met her through Instagram. Yo, I lived with her for like a month while I was like out processing Port Stewart and here to Washington. And we really got into watching The Circle. But the reason it was so fascinating to us is because we applied it to like the military's Instagram culture, like that subculture. Yeah. Like the alliances that are formed, the doxing, the this and that. Like, Dude, I can, talk about, and, like, I can talk about all of that. Yes, there's people that you know are playing this game but they're just like dude this is a lot of it's a lot of drama like i wasn't expecting this and like, i think that's what a lot of people like when they get into you know a subculture that has you know at least within that culture has that high you know visibility it's like well everyone thinks it's real and everyone takes themselves too seriously and on top of all that just at the very top tip top most people aren't funny so at the top of the most people aren't funny you can't just like shoehorn stuff or try and like isn't this funny? And then they have to explain the joke to you, which is I, I hate the that key shit. characteristic. Yeah. Oh, no. And so like, it's a bunch of, it's, and you know, most meme pages are run by kids that are in high school, which bravo to them. They've learned how to troll everyone by just stealing content and repurposing it. Good for them. Or people that are just really like waiting to tell people they run a meme page. I mean, but then there's other ones that I love. Like I love Northern provisions. I love Mike Cincy. Like, since he's one of my best friends, I talk to him every day, actually. Fucking provisions, Kagan Dunlap, I'm trying to think of other people, Eric Bartel, Austin Alexander is a really good friend of mine. Like, I've met a lot of amazing people, but nobody really wants to talk about how there's so many weirdos that are territorial because they want their like 500 likes on their dumb meme that's making fun of some kid who's like doing a TikTok. It's just not. It's just not cool, man. Uh, I don't know. So like, I, I think a lot of people, when you have to resort to the old tropes, it's yeah. nothing new. And I'm like, the only reason you're getting engagement is because people are arguing in your comment section. Like you're not actually funny, dude. Yeah, like, and then dude. like everyone wants to be weird and like, but then there's other people who are geniuses at it. Like you know, Haley Lujan might be one of the smartest people I've ever met. God, she's fucking hilarious. Yeah, she's a it's, very nice young I, lady. Yeah, we did content together at Campbell. So unhinged, and I love it. Yeah, no, she's, and you know what? People don't understand it, but she's actually doing, like, she does love the military and stuff. And so, like, it's interesting to see how upset people tend to get that she's so much smarter than most of the people in the military, like, veteran internet space. And, like, I I don't know. She's better at trolling. That's what they're really mad about. She's incredible. Like like I said, I like her a lot. Like, she's a nice young lady. I love Infidel Nora, too. She... I haven't met her, but I hear 
What was it? There was a, it was a holster on the backpack. Yeah, well, that comes from she works with those two guys, Mo- Movement Dark, MVN Dark, and then King Picks Media. Yeah, well, what's so here's the thing. What's funny about the content they're making? Dude used to be an instructor, so he's making fun of instructors, and that's why it's funny because like he's doing the things that instructors do that they saw someone do before them, and they feel like it's teaching, and so it's that's why it's hilarious. Is he's like you yeah. know pull it out, go to work. That's some like ex soft guy from the '90s who wears five eleven pants everywhere, and his dog tags out, and his polo tucked in, like he's going to a change of command ceremony. That's a callback to your page. There you go. I smell the boiled peanuts radiating off of it. Ah, that's so odd. But no, like we just got to be better. So like I'm excited to be here. Like I'm glad that y'all invited me. Like that's all I care about. Like everything else is whatever. But like we all got to be better about supporting each other because no one's coming for us. And like there's too many profiteers that are in the way of like real change. So we got to do it ourselves. And we have to hold our community more accountable without being overly toxic. That's my goal. Yeah. And I think also too, it's just like knowing that like you can't write every wrong. Oh, I can write every wrong. Yeah. You know, you can't feasibly write every wrong, but at least try to make an impact where you can and not all on you either. So like that's a lot of people, they feel that immense pressure to be like, be that person and do this and take a moment. It's okay. It is I mean, okay. Somebody else will pick up the mantle or pick up the torch or whatever. Like, yeah. I mean, I think, I think there's a lot of stuff people do to chase likes and to chase follows. And there's only, there are like small tricks you can do. If you really want to get a lot of content, get a dog, get a cat. Like, that's a whole lane. No, I mean, like, build your personality. Hell, I'm on it. Just build your personality around it and be like, you know, Kilo and Kitty, whatever. I want 10% of that page, Kilo and Kitty. Have you seen my cat cafe? No, so, like, but, like, at the end of the day, you just got to be authentic. I legit have a cat cafe. It is, it's a coffee bar, and then there's cat shelves around it. It's my own cat cafe. Everything is so clear to me now. The Christmas tree behind, what is that, paintings behind you? What is that? Yeah, behind you. Oh, no. So this is a, a privacy screen that we put up. Mm-hmm. Really awesome. It's on Amazon. Super easy to install. But I got it for Daisy. And for Daisy, because Daisy likes to prop herself up on the couch and bark at whatever is outside. So I was like, well, she can't see it. At, you know, whatever it is that's out there, then she won't bark. No. Now she gets to be like super, super close to the window so she can like look out at the clear spots. Why are you so smart? It's not an issue I've ever had. So no, I I think my main takeaways are crab people are real and uh, the children. Crab are cool. people. So, no, I mean, do you guys want to name all the meme pages we don't like or? We'll do it now because then I could just cut it out if I really feel it necessary. No, I mean, one of my favorite pages is TikTok Boots. I love him. I love what he's doing. Yeah, I like TikTok. He's a great guy. He does. It's weird that people get mad at him because all he does is take he takes water out of the ocean. It's people's posts that are public, and then he posts them. That's all he does. And then they get mad about it. It's the weirdest thing in the world. It's like a safer version of Is Anyone Up? If anybody remembers that. Hunter Moore? Yes, I remember that. And there's a documentary. It is a way safer version of that. Yeah. Way safe Because, I mean, it's on a public platform. Like, those people, they posted it. So They decided to do it. Know. They size that they've hashtagged it military or army and then a lot of times they even hashtag it tiktok boots so but he also gave me one of the greatest treats ever there's a guy on tiktok if you're not following him, you're missing out his name's brain damage 62 on tiktok edward edwards is his name but he's the dude the marine that says good morning devil dogs he does it every That's- morning at first i was like this guy's crazy now I've come to realize that he might be my future form, and I love him. Every morning. Paired it out. You're manifesting it. 
he gets up and he's so excited to like do it. And I mean, I want to brag, but I got him to shout me out once. So it was like, he didn't know what it I was. I feel like if we have him on either one week, it's really interesting stories or two, it would be so loud. And I would have to end. just DM him on TikTok, be like, give me a shout out. And he, he writes it down. So it's, I don't have any paper I'd grab, but he's like, salty kilo, good morning. And so like he did, he, he wrote mine. I was like, hey, I want a shout out. And he goes, what the sign wants a shout out and he looks at the camera he goes you better with a name <laughs> then he like keeps reading the rest of it. so great but like that's fun like that's what there needs to be more of there needs to be more of like light-hearted fun you know just i don't know optimistic i don't know what the right word is but yeah i don't know it's a it's what i'm going to school for is strategic communications and mm. so but it's it's an art it's a art aside and i think positivity definitely needed i think that bringing up some of the sour subject also needed but as far as the other shit that you see you're just like what's wrong with you i don't know we just need we need to be better at not taking ourselves too seriously i think that's my main goal yeah i always make fun of myself if i make fun of anything i make fun of like an idea not a person i don't like that like i always say like how we know as in the infantry just wait i'll bring it up you know, because like, that's the truth. It's me. Maybe it's too much of my personality. So I'm trying to like wrinkle it in, but you know, we can be better. And like, I love doing this stuff. So thanks for having me. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, we are very excited that you agreed to come on. You uh, want to do your plugs, tell people where they can find you, which is be weird if people didn't know where to find you. Yeah, for sure. I've got them right now. Just give me but one. go ahead. Give me one second. So everyone should be following not a JTAC. Uh, for all uh, non-JTAC related and at Salty Kilo, don't follow me, follow them instead. They're the ones that should, they're the best ones out there doing amazing things and at Department of the Dead. And I'm going to promote all this. So yeah, everyone should follow Salty Kilo and net, not a JTAC. Nephilim are real and I saw a UFO in 2009, <laughs> going in 2010. That's my main takeaway. Again, we really appreciate having you on the show and that you agreed yeah. to come on and you just, Gave us an amazing plug for all our pages. So I got nothing else. Thought you have anything? Closing remarks. And also be appreciative too. Like, yeah, dude, I went to college for free. I got a bachelor's. I got a master's. I changed the socioeconomic of my family generationally in four years. That doesn't happen to anyone. right? I'm a first generation college graduate. I'm definitely the first one to ever go to graduate school. If I told my grandmother I got an MBA, she asked what basketball team I played for. Like you can't <laughs> do that any other way, right? And like, I got to see the world, been around the world twice, talked to everybody once, you know, and like, it's a Navy SEAL reference. They'll all be like, but like, it's true though. Like, I mean, yeah, they say that the military is a small, back to like Norfolk. It's so trying to have a Yeah. We hold our breath a lot. Whatever, bro. But they say that the military is a small world and I think it's become even smaller because of, you know, social media. And it's awesome. Like being able to be connected with people who are going through the same things as you are or have tried something and like, oh, hey, this is how I did this. And might as well network. Yeah, no, the, I've been grateful. I've been working with the Army directly now. And like, it's really opened my eyes because I personally feel like there's a real big gap between active duty and veterans. And if I can help like build a strong bridge, it'll help veterans transition and maybe not kill themselves as much. And so like, that's my like very thinly veiled in-state. It's a very complex experience. We're a part, but we're the first generation that's all volunteered to serve our nation. And like that alone is like one of the coolest things ever. That is historic. Everyone else has been drafted or conscripted or whatever you call it. They've had, they've been told to join. We did it. 
And like we were a part of it. And it's truly incredible honor that we were part of the 1% of the 1% of the 1%. It doesn't mean it's not a complex experience. It doesn't mean it's not hard. It doesn't mean it's not complicated. But like we definitely need to get away from this idea that we are burdensome by this thing that we so are privileged to be a part of. And like, I don't know, we get back to this. When they came back from like, you know, Europe and the Pacific, they're like, bro, let's go to space. Like, let's do everything. They built this great economy. And like, we need to step up and be that next greatest generation instead of just being like, oh, nobody liked my meme. My brother in Christ, your meme's not funny. That's why nobody liked it. <laughs> like, like, that's why, like, there's nothing else to it. Sometimes you just need tough love and there's only so much coddling that can happen until you're just like, shut the fuck up and do something about it. Amen. Well, again, great having you on. I have a serious case of the munchies right now, so... Perfect. I gotta make dinner. Gotta make dinner. Thank you both for having me on here. It's. I hope I didn't do too bad. I probably did. Don't forget the Nephilim were real and I saw you. That's all I know. All right. Bye. Thank y'all.